welcome to the Charmed Life podcast. I am your host, Trisha Carr. I am an intuitive medium, a channel. I am a spiritual teacher and a hypnotherapist. I'm also an animal communicator. And this podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, spirituality, the unconditional love of the universe, and all kinds of spiritual and personal development topics. And I got to say, sometimes we go really, really in, meaning into that inner world, and talk about how to do your own healing and your own personal and spiritual development. And sometimes we go way out there and we talk about the cosmic experiences and all of this happening in the galaxy and benevolent ETs and interdimensionals and archangelic energies and so on and so forth. I like to talk about all of it. Sometimes you'll hear me just teaching on my own, and sometimes you will hear me having a conversation with a guest expert. And this episode is my conversation with intuitive author and healer, Cindy Dale. Cindy has a background in shamanism. She tells these stories on the podcast about her explorations all across the world to find that shamanistic trail and talks about all forms of healing. And, and for me, I just really felt so connected with my energy as a healer while we talked. So I hope you experience that as well. And so I hope you enjoy this episode with Cindy Dale. Cindy, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to connect with you. You have such a beautiful light, such a beautiful energy. And the work that you're doing is so helpful and so powerful. So let's just ask you, let's get started so everyone can start to learn a little bit more about that, about your journey or the work that you're doing right now, whatever you want to share. Well, my journey has been an interesting one, and I think a lot of people relate to it. I was one of those weird kids when I was little. Yeah, I could see <laughs> colors. You relate. <laughs> I'm sure. Right? You know, you just know things you're not supposed to know. Mm-hmm. I would have a sense of spirits. Mm-hmm. I would actually hear spirits talking and walking around the house at night sometimes. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, my hands would feel hot if I knew that somebody was sick. And I, I negotiated mm-hmm. a lot of my childhood this way, because if there was this sort of weird red energy coming off my mother, I knew I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> I know, you know, you all have, you always look out after yourself, don't you? (laughs) Or if my dad had this sort of grumpy brown color, I knew that he was grumpy because work didn't go so well. And I thought that was normal until I found out that it wasn't. So I I think it's supposed to be normal though. Right. I, that is, I I have heard that story uh, a lot from other people who have, who, you know, as kids. And it's like, you don't know until, so, and it's interesting to me how as kids, we were kind of going along and somehow we didn't mention it in a way because it was so natural. So we didn't mention it in a way that other people noticed it. I think some kids do. And, in, and then some kids shut down their gifts because their parents react to it. But I, I didn't know that people weren't connecting with animals the way that I did. And I just thought that they didn't like them. <laughs> Like, oh, why are you ignoring so me? Well, no, I, I mean, I also, I noticed it from a very young age. So I guess I just kind of thought, oh, you know, some people don't like certain kinds of people and some people don't like animals. And I just thought they're completely ignoring that animal. Uh, right. <laughs> well, and right? I think my parents, they used to just say to me, stop telling stories. Oh, right. So I love stories anyway and reading and making things up. So mm-hmm. I don't think it was always obvious to them yeah. what was the the blurred edge okay. between what I was making up and what was really real to me either. Yeah, because 
you know, uh, how, what is the difference sometimes, you know, in the imaginal space, you can't really imagine a non-reality, but I, you know, but creating something from, you know, as a narrative, that's different. That's, and I had imaginary friends, that's what they called mine. So, and they, and they didn't deny them. So it kind of like, it didn't shut me down right away either, I think. Isn't that great? I Mm -hmm. didn't really shut down until I was 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. And I actually decided I didn't want to be here anymore. Oh gosh. So, I just did. I told my parents I was going to die. Aww. And they looked at me like, here's another story. I'm sure I got really sick. I was sick for two or three days, lost lots of weight. They couldn't figure it out. And I remember leaving my body and looking down and thinking, oh, that poor girl down there, but I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. And I didn't get the white light. I didn't get that all embracing Jesus, Mary, Buddha, whatever it is. I just got a voice mm. that said, you have to go back, and, which appalled me. I was <laughs> very angry. <laughs> I didn't want to go back. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm Norwegian. I'm not going back. I get to do what I want. <laughs> I'm so, Norwegian. <laughs> we do have these epigenetics that dictate part of our personality. Uh-huh. And I'm like, not doing it. And three times the voice talked and it finally said, you haven't done anything. You got to go back. And then, you know, kind of the mighty hand of God shoved me back in that body. And I was so mad. I shut my gifts down. I was like, I'm not listening to you again. I'm not hearing anything again. I'm just not doing this. So honestly, the gifts didn't come on again until I was in therapy as a client, Mm -hmm. 19, 20. And then as I'm working with my many, many, many different issues, you know, compulsivity, and I don't know, the list was really long, whatever it took to get it through insurance, I think too. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my gifts started opening. So Mm -hmm. I heard things again and I saw things again and I felt things. And I had a therapist who said, you know, you're psychic. You're not just codependent and compulsive and anorexic and all these things. You're not just all those things. You're also psychic. But I needed that word Mm -hmm. because it sort of made it okay. Mm -hmm. And so I was able to travel and I learned a lot from shamans and intuitive and healers around the world. And so I've really put all that together to do client work and write books and teach. I, I really, and I'm sure you find this too, you know, you're about who are we? You know, Mm -hmm. what's our light? How are we going to shine it? And Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what I'm helping people to do. And if there's a little smudge out here, you know, let's, let's deal with the smudge. Let's learn from the smudge, but let's not keep the smudge Yeah, because we really are here to be something grand Mm -hmm. and magnificent. Mm. Oh, amen. Thank you. (laughs) Those are the funniest near death experience. That's such a cute I think I've had or heard a cute one before. That's not very glamorous. <laughs> I think it's I awesome. got denied. I got denied big time. <laughs> you got bounced. <laughs> I got rejected. <laughs> you haven't done anything yet. That's amazing. I haven't done anything. I'm like, hello, I existed. I endured. And you're welcome. Right? I'm Norwegian. <laughs> I'm Norwegian. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Get me my boat. <laughs> And I really, I think it's really wonderful that you had a therapist who embraced it because it, and even just the model that it opened up during therapy, during talk therapy, because you were doing inner work and that was kind of the catalyst it needed was just to go within through any portal and it worked. And I, I've worked with clients who their therapists do embrace working with me or working with an intuitive, but you know, obviously you could get one who is a bit prejudiced against it and say, no, that's hallucination and all of the other things. 
So exactly. And that's kind of an issue Mm -hmm. as a practitioner, Mm -hmm. you know, there's that fine line between, is this an hallucination or a vision? Is Mm -hmm. this, am I just making things up in my head or am I really receiving some mediumship Mm -hmm. type of, uh, you know, a guidance and, um, you know, I think that's confusing for a lot of people, but I think sometimes because we really don't want to believe we do have intuitive gifts or healing gifts, because then we stand out a little more and then Mm -hmm. maybe we have to do more with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think in other cultures, not American cultures anyway, it's, it's typically sort of cool. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you heard your first voice. (laughs) I mean, you know, I've sat around with shaman who are, who have said things, well, I'm from the blue planet, or I remember in this past life, I was like this, or Mm -hmm. I'm able to channel that, da, 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 da. da." Mm -hmm. And it's just an everyday, they could, they could say it at the market and nobody's going to blink, but it's not quite that way in America right now. Not right now, but it is the heritage of the land, you know, with the indigenous people, the native Americans, it is how they lived, but you know, in the U.S., um, I, I live in the U.S. Do you live in the U.S. or do you live in Canada? I am. Okay. I'm okay. in Minnesota. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, Close to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I must have been feeling it out, <laughs> feeling out your neighbors. That's right. Um, so, yeah, but, you know, of course, we are, you're from Norwegian. I'm not from, I'm from, my ancestry is from Europe as well. So, but I very much connect with the land in that way, even though it isn't my culture or ancestral lineage. And so you're speaking of shaman. What kind of shaman did you work with? What in what um, area, ethnicity, nation, national, you know, derivation? I spent a lot of time in Peru in mm. the Amazonian basis, mm. and uh, different shamans. Some were plant shamans, flower mm. shamans. Some were ayahuasca, and they use sacred uh, medicine. Uh, some healed by the hand. So that mm. was the place I was really drawn. In fact, the way that I got there was through this person and this person and this person. I knew there was somebody I was supposed to study with. Honestly, four connections later, I walked into a university, and I talked to this dean of students. And I said, I think you're supposed to teach me. Mm-hmm. And he said, I, I mean, I'm all dressed up in my corporate clothes. And he's like it, with a p- ponytail and Lakota hangings mm-hmm. behind him and this and that. And he goes, well, I'm not going to teach you until you go to Peru and you do ayahuasca. Wow. And if you survive it and come back, I'll teach you. <laughs> so there you are. Amazing. And Costa Rica, Belize, Morocco, Venezuela, Japan, Hawaii, the Lakota tradition here around Minnesota and the Dakotas. I was hungry. Yeah. So probably for 20 years, I just fed myself. Mm. Russia, I just fed myself because I think that's the cry of the soul mm. that says, I need to learn. I need to connect. I need yeah. to know. And they were they were challenging years and really, really delightful years. Uh, now that I do client work in my home in Minnesota, in my basement, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, can't I go back to Venezuela? <laughs> <laughs> wow. that's So what kind of client work do you do now? That's a beautiful journey, I was going to say. And what, what, is, what, do you, what kind of work do you do with your clients? Tell everyone. I do energy healing. Mm-hmm. I do intuitive work. About mm-hmm. 90% is over the phone mm-hmm. and it has been for a long time. So I was COVID ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I'm, me too. I'm, <laughs> yeah. You too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I actually, You're already this, on the phone, right? Well, yeah, this is, this is actually a studio and, but, and so I did in the last, I don't know, two years start seeing some people 
locally in the studio, but you know, I started my business online. It when I started my business, it didn't occur to me to even bother doing something in person. But it's, <laughs> I so I've been doing it like ninety nine percent remotely in this way for over five years. So then when the world is like, what's a Zoom? I was like, how do you not use that all the time? <laughs> I know we're already zooming, right? Yeah. Do you think it impacts the work? I'm asking because people ask me that constantly. They're like, can't I come in? I think it'll work better. What What do you tell people? Well, it's non-local work, no matter whether you're local or not. So <laughs> I don't think that it impacts. The <laughs> it doesn't impact the work. I will say from my point of view, from my perspective, I am um, I'm highly uh, physically sensitive. I take in energy with all of my energy. And that I think I, my my uh, mentor, who's my hypnotherapist mentor, she, when I told her that and I said, there was like, for example, one client who we were seeing each other in person. And then when we had to, when we had to shift because of the, you know, the virus, I said, you know what, I felt like I was actually able to move a little bit deeper with this person because it was like a regular. And I told my mentor this, and I said, I felt like my energy kind of sustained a little bit better without being in in the in like having our, our energies linked in the 3D. You know what I mean? Like, and my teacher said, well, yeah, you were able to manage it better. So basically, I it, just how my energy works, sometimes it's better. But it, it's not that it's not that I should always do it because there is a there is a difference to doing things in person with the energies physically linked in 3D. And I think that sometimes that would be helpful, but I don't think it ever has to be that way. You know what I mean? I do. And confusing? I'm a lot like you. I'm physically <laughs> empathic, mm -hmm. emotionally empathic, and I like it. I, yeah. For me, because there's so many over empaths who just drowned in yeah. other people's sorrow mm -hmm. or they're with somebody who has a knee pain and they're limping the rest of the day. Yeah. I'm not like that. I love using these different body senses. First of all, intuition is based in the body. Of course. It's not out here. It's right. in here mm -hmm. because it tells me what the client's going through. And I can also tell if they shift. Mm -hmm. And I think working over the phone gives that distance where I can analyze it a little better. Yes. I can go, oh, you know, maybe this is this and let's go this direction. You know what I also find is that people tell me more over the phone. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're as embarrassed if there's something they're embarrassed about, you know, kind of that affair or the this or that. Mm -hmm. They're just talking into the phone. They're just talking, you know, kind of to somebody outside of themselves, not in the same room. So I mm -hmm. think sometimes they're better able to open up. Uh, totally. And what you just said about that, like being able to sort of analyze it or look at it. So I'm a hypnotherapist and we talk about suggestibility and also the personality uh, as emotional and physical. And so the physical is the way that you take in information is literal, direct, bodily, and and no, no one is 100% either way. So you also have the emotional input, which is actually more like intellectual. It sounds like we're talking about it's almost, it seems like a misnomer on the outside, but it's the intellectual input, the mental and intellectual input. And that's literally what my hypnotherapist said. She's like, well, you've actually put yourself in an emotional world because you're so highly physical and it's like a better balance for you. And literally it helps me to be a bit more emotional or intellectual about it. And that's a good balance rather than the immediate response, which is also, it can be helpful because I'm filtering, you know what I mean? 
And so there's just different different parts of the being that we would be working with at all times. But I can do the physical connection even remotely. So <laughs> Exactly. I do too. Yeah. I do too. And the spiritual. And mm -hmm. I don't necessarily just mean their spirit. Yeah. I tend to be mediumistic. Mm -hmm. I don't channel dead people that come in my body and talk. I don't work that way, you know, but I sense when sometimes. somebody's there, I mm -hmm. might get images or pictures mm -hmm. or sometimes not, not in a drastic way. I mean, my belief is this is my body. If they want a body, they can go get their own. <laughs> Right. Like it. Yeah. I mean, I worked on this one. I exercise. I've, I've been in this one for a while. I'm not leaving it yet. Yeah, yeah. All right. But I still can sense the presences or spirits, emotions, mm -hmm. or, you know, a higher order being will sometimes come in and more direct me sure. or maybe channel energy through me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so for me, when I'm working, I get to be all of myself mm -hmm. when I'm like at the mall. I don't want to talk to spirits. I yeah. don't, yeah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to feel somebody's physical pain. Yeah. I'm just kind of in every day. I'm mm -hmm. just packaged, you know, a little bit tighter. And yes. I'm sure you have to adjust the same way. Yeah. It, it's an off duty sign. But even before I opened myself, my metaphysical gifts up that that sign was on and I did it, it like it was on to some degree. But then there were I was unconscious as to how you know what I mean? I was unwell as an empath. I was sponging and everything. So I had to kind of like bring the light of consciousness to how I was doing it wrong. And it was all in the unconscious and fearful uh, paradigm. And then I had to like, then I opened it up, but it was very easy. It's very easy. Always been very easy for me to go off duty. <laughs> yeah. And it is for me too. Yeah. That's why if I run into somebody like a client at the grocery store and they're like, what about this? I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, like, oh yeah. Amnesia, right? I, I have to, I, I take notes after session. Good luck with that. Totally. <laughs> if I'm working with someone regularly, I take notes after I take some notes down after the session and still in this state, you know what I mean? But if someone had a reading, like a single with me, and then three months later, they want me to read their animal. I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. I mean, what? Now you're the seeming familiar. Oh, are you married? Well, we compartmentalize. <laughs> I it's had a am amnesia. bit of a challenge mm -hmm. with COVID when it really mm -hmm. kind of struck. Mm -hmm. I actually had COVID right in you the beginning. Did? Oh, my goodness. I'm so Well, glad I didn't know what it was. Yeah. So I wasn't terribly scared of it. I mm -hmm. woke up. My, my youngest son is a baseball college pitcher. So we, of course, in February flew everywhere that was COVID without knowing it. Yeah. So, you know, our last trip that we got to take was in Colorado and I came in late at night and he said, mom, I'm really sick. Will you bring me some ginger ale? Mm -hmm. I brought him ginger ale. So of course the next week we're sick. Mm -hmm. And I really, but we didn't know all the symptoms of COVID. Sure. So I woke up one day and I was like, this is not the flu. Mm -hmm. This is bizarre because I didn't really know what it was. I just said, I'm getting rid of this. Mm. So the next night I just put four blankets on and I said, this has to sweat out because I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. He was sick for several more days, but I think it worked for us that we didn't know what it was. Yeah. I believe in testing and I have antibodies. I yeah. did that oh, test, cool. but I did find myself extra vulnerable once all the news hit and we're like, oh, you know, this is this and this is that. I would go to the grocery store like and started trembling. And I'm like, Cindy, you can do better than this. Whoa. You do not need to be the fear sponge. You can emanate goodness and you can use the fear to say, okay, I'm sort of going to avoid that aisle mm -hmm. or that person. Maybe I'm not going to shop next to. Mm -hmm. So I had to do like an extra examination of my fear, others fear, how to do fear, how not to do fear. It was a yeah. good lesson for me. It's been a good lesson for me. Wow. 
And so you both you both have the antibodies. You got. I'm so glad you got to do the test. And so you, now you know. But does it make you? Do you feel a bit relieved because we don't know for sure? But we think that if we have it, have the antibodies, we're not susceptible. We had a fairly low titer, like a fairly low count. Mm-hmm. And I teach some classes in China. So the studies in China say if you have just the 40 or 50 percent count, you have had it. In America, they don't test that as. Uh positive. So we don't know anything over here, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I do have antibodies. So I have had it. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel a little bit more resilient. Mm-hmm. And the fact I didn't get super sick, like yeah. makes me feel good. So if I get it again, I probably won't get that sick, but I think it's really important for me anyway, to still wear my mask course, if I'm yeah. in the grocery store. Cause I don't want anybody being scared and I don't want to get it again. And, and we don't know, you know, what nobody I mean? knows anything. Yeah. yeah. We just have I to felt go on good getting the antibodies because mm-hmm. my intuition said you've had it. And yeah. I was I proved my intuition is right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I felt most good about <laughs> right there. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I am. You know, I feel like saying congratulations because it is really helpful to, you know, I don't know. You can feel a bit more relieved about it. But this is these are crazy times. And um, I what what is your take on and of course while we're recording this we're also in mercury retrograde and we have eclipse season and so how do you any anything that you're feeling that we're collectively moving through or embracing anything about these current times this energy update <laughs> we oh it's the energy update we sure. are cleaning out the nasty corners mm-hmm. we have some nasty corners right. i'm in minneapolis i'm ground zero to the first protests mm-hmm. you know in regard to george mm-hmm. floyd's death i'm glad there's protests i'm not glad there's violence like sure. let's bring it all up we're not prepared for catastrophes we didn't think that we were one world, one people. So, you know, how intelligent is that? Because the virus doesn't care that there's a territory line. Mm -hmm. It's going to go wherever it goes. So let's just knock down the walls. Let's wake up. Let's take care of each other. I think even the bit of shutdown that we've had, I even like comparing that to, okay, let's do a little cocooning Mm -hmm. because in the cocoon, you know, for that poor little larva caterpillar, I think 95% of the cells get destroyed. So Mm. the imaginal cells can activate so you can do butterfly. Mm. Like, how are we going to emerge? Are we going to address climate change? Are we going to care about each other? Are we going to look at our destructive negative patterns that we've inherited? I think it's a huge wake up call. And I personally find people nicer. That's my circle though. (laughs) I I just hang around nice people. (laughs) So I find people in my little world considerate and caring and how are you? And yeah. um, I, I hope we can all do that. And we don't all have to hoard toilet paper or defend our actions from 300 years ago or three years ago and just move on with it. Mm-hmm. You know, what I, I noticed that, you know, we just had the 4th of July and as we were, I didn't do anything, but still it was on, obviously on our radar uh, for the holiday, <clears throat> that the, there was a holiday. And as we were approaching it, I thought, oh, wait a minute, I need to look in and make sure that there isn't anything that is damaging to other people about the history of this holiday. Like for a second, and I was like, wait, I think it's just that we're no longer part of the British Empire. I think it's okay. <laughs> but I actually kind of liked that it that it gave me pause like everything that's showing up is making i am going how how am i meant to be more responsible about this how how do i surrender if there is some amends or atonement for me to in you know introspect or what is it and 
I think that's really good. I, I agree this morning, actually, in my my meditation, I just had a symbol, a sacred geometric symbol come up and I, I held that and what this symbol was about, what I was intending about it was just awakening for me, for everyone, a great awakening that leads to healing. And But it's happening. It is. I think it is happening. I see mm-hmm. it with clients, with my friends, with my kids. I think it's awesome. It is. And, you know, even our pets. I mean, I know I'm kind of going another ring out, but you like animals. Yes. I mean, just the fact that people are taking in more animals and they're spending more time with their animals. I mean, on my block, like I was talking to a gentleman who's retired, who I see all the time when I'm walking my dogs. Mm-hmm. He was like, I never knew most of these people had dogs. They're all walking them now. I mean, <laughs> We do need to be more Mm self-responsible and be this sort of community. I think the virus is real. It's scary. There's really scary things in the world. Mm -hmm. We have to figure out how to cope with that and how we're going to approach it. Mm -hmm. But I love that idea of let me look at this. Let me re-examine. Let me figure out what I'm carrying. Let me forgive myself, but then let me change myself too. Right. And forgiveness is the portal to releasing karma. It is there anything more if, we're, if we're, we are definitely looking at karmic karmic patterns of with everything that's showing up and i just don't know of a of a better way i don't know of a different or better or more direct portal than forgiveness but the forgiveness has to extend to the other the other self and the self at the same time or in, in some ordering it doesn't matter but in order for it to be complete would you do you agree I- Totally agree. Mm -hmm. And I have found, I mean, years ago in therapy, I had a different therapist. I've done lots of therapy, self-growth, who was like, you know, you haven't forgiven yourself. I was so aware, you know, of my gosh, look at how I talked to that person, or I didn't do this for my child, or look at how I look at how I betrayed myself Mm -hmm. in all these ways. Mm -hmm. It was tough for me to even start self-forgiving. It was almost like I wanted to hang on to not just how I got shamed, like we all get shamed, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're this, you're that, but how willing I was to self-shame myself Mm -hmm. and just not get on with it. Because I think it's scary to get on with it. I think if we forgive other, then we have to really move on. We can't tell the old story. We can't punish them. We can't whatever, or engage with the same type of person. Mm -hmm. And I find if I forgive myself, I really actually do have to start moving forward. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, sometimes scary to try something new or be in a different way. Mm-hmm. We don't know how we're going to get treated or meted. It's vulnerable. We're vulnerable. It's vulnerable and authenticity and, you know, transparency and vulnerability. That's all the stuff that the ego does not want and homeostasis does not want because we don't know where we, we're not going over a path that we already went over, even though that if that was a painful path, we still survived it. And so it's almost like even the pain, I can, I know I can live through the pain, but I don't know if I can live through the unknown. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Years ago, I was part of a business ethics program at Mm -hmm. a university and your word authenticity triggered Mm -hmm. uh, what I used to help teach forever ago. Mm -hmm. And authenticity was always defined as being true to self and to other. Mm -hmm. And that's so simple, but being true to self, this is who I am, being true to other sort of defeats codependency. (laughs) I mean, I can't just caretake them. They need to be true to themselves too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, and figuring out who the other is can also include, you know, if they're mean, 
do I really want to be around them? I don't need to do that, but I don't get to mean, be mean back. So I think there's resounding calls right now for all of us to be authentic and set up authentic systems too, because mm -hmm. something like racism is systemic. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to rip it open and who knows what we're going to build instead. I don't know. Right. Well, tell us about, I'd love to talk about your uh, your writing, your books, you have one out currently, your newest one. I would love to talk about that. And actually, and I don't mean to pivot so hard, but the works, the work that you're doing, how it helps to ameliorate and heal and move forward and awaken and all of these things that we're talking about. My most recent book, and I've written 27 books. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, they're gone in the, I don't even remember them. <laughs> That's wild. Having writ, you write on. <laughs> but this one I still remember. Energy <laughs> healing for trauma, stress, and chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. It is perfectly timed to write now. Right. For years, I wanted to write about what I call uh, energetic conditions, energetic stress, energetic trauma, energetic codependency. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of how do we on this physical, but also subtle energy pathways, mm -hmm. you know, that we are made out of interact on, you know, what, what really causes trauma? What really causes stress? How do you really get out of trauma? I've been working it for, with it for 27, 25, whatever years. And um, so I'm really excited about the book because it, it talks about not just like polyvagal system. That's what mm -hmm. everybody's into physically or how the body goes into a stress reaction or how our energy fields exchange subtle mm -hmm. messages, but what really impacts you, what happens in the body, subtle and physical that gets you frozen. And how do you get out of the frozen? Mm -hmm. What place does grief play? How do you figure out which forces hit you? If you're if you're stressed by your own energies or somebody else's energies. So it's a really thorough explanation of how physical and subtle fit together with a lot of exercises on how do you unlock mm. for yourself and for others? And how do you be gentle with yourself on the presses too? It came out, it was going to come out right in the uh, pandemic time. Mm -hmm. So I was able to add pages and pages for, about the pandemic and how mm. do you deal with the actual virus and here's some exercises for building up your energy field. So maybe you don't get it or get it again, mm -hmm. you know, as severely. So it, it was perfectly timed to be able to address the pandemic. Too. Wow. And also the fact that you actually got it <laughs> at the beginning. And wow, I mean, synchronicity cannot be denied <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> No, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I like the model. I like that it helps people. Mm -hmm. I like that we're not ignoring trauma. I mean, even during this time, racial unrest, uh, political unrest, world unrest, pandemic, who knows what's going to happen. We're in a time of trauma. Mm. And how do we deal with it? We, we just don't want to feed the drama. We want to deal mm. with it. But I was reading statistics like 30 to 40% more people have increased anxiety. I think it's probably 80% right. personally, but sure. we're stressed. This is stressing us. So what do we do? How do we handle it? How do we deal with old trauma that mm. might be coming up? We're going to be re-triggering old trauma right now. Mm -hmm. How do you sort it so you can live today in that more peaceful, guided way mm. also? I just, speaking of old trauma that's coming up, I mean, 
don't be surprised if something that you that what I broke up with that guy 25 years ago. How is how am I? You know what I mean? Like something as random as as that could be showing up. It's because it's deep in that subconscious and it's it's has the roots that are sort of mingled with the things that are going on now. I, I actually just this week was I, I was having a new layer of grief, which included shame and all of this other stuff about my kitty who passed nine years ago. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I understand. Yeah. And I had to like work with that. And I had to say, oh my gosh, there's still guilt there about how I was imperfect as his guardian during his life. You know what I mean? Like it was, it's there. And I, I wanted to avoid it at first. I wanted to say, no, it's not there. And I don't want to do that again. But I know that's not the path. So I sat with it. You have to sit with it. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you're having your clients do that. I know last week I was getting infancy dreams. Oh, my goodness. Infancy, like they all had infants. So I know they're all my infant self uh -huh. with this issue, with that issue. I felt kind of good about that because mm -hmm. I was like, you can't get much younger than infancy. So <laughs> in I'm doing, <laughs> right. So I'm going backward in time, which is mm -hmm. healthy, which mm -hmm. is good. So I'm doing pre-verbal, but it affected my day. You know, I can compartmentalize. I can do my client work. I can mm -hmm. run my dogs. I can do my emails. And then I need to go back yeah. with the dreams or what I'm aware of that's triggering and be in it and mm -hmm. feel it. Well, that's what you have your clients do, don't you, is feel it. You got to feel it. Right. Our feelings are there as messengers and the signposts for for the work and the healing. They're, they're obeying the will of the soul by coming up and, and getting our attention and resonating in us. So do you work with dreams a lot? Do you, do you, I'm sure a lot of people's ears poked up. They're like, what? Dreams. How do I know? How do I like, do you intentionally work with your dreams or how do you how do you do that in, in the healing space? I do. I love working with dreams. Mm -hmm. I get dreams. So mm -hmm. I pay attention to my dreams. Mm -hmm. Typically they're in color. Mm -hmm. And so I first encourage somebody, you know, to start coaxing their dreams, you know, plant one, ask for guidance mm -hmm. when you go to sleep. I mean, put the old paper and pen there or mm -hmm. this or that. But sometimes, you know, that noise that wakes you in the middle of the night or whatever it is, it's because you're supposed to remember your dream. So yes. remember it, write it down. Yeah. And there's typically different ways to first figure out what type of dream it is. And I think you interpret a dream based on the type. Mm -hmm. So psychological dreams in those dreams, I'm every part of the dream. Mm -hmm. So when I'm having my infancy dreams, I'm the mother that's neglecting the infant. I'm this infant. I'm the sister neglecting her infant. Like mm -hmm. you just know that when you have all those different emotional turmoils, you're, you're every part of the dream, the, mm -hmm. the lost car in the parking lot, that's your psychological state. <laughs> I just had one of so, those two nights ago. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I get waitressing dreams. Oh, car God, dreams. yes. Wait, were you, a, did you work as a waitress at some point? Oh, yeah. Oh, for, yeah forever, do they ever for like go seven away? years. Yes. Well, I did it for like 20 years. But uh, yeah, I had, I had a server dream like about five days ago, too. <laughs> I'm like, when do they go away? <laughs> they never go away, do they? Or the school locker dream where you can't find your school locker. When you do, you don't know the code. The combination. Those are psychological. Yeah. <laughs> I also recently got one of the old ones where I can't dial the phone. Trying to reach someone. Can't dial I, the phone dream. Those are the I've had that one. <laughs> They're horrible dreams. Because you know it's a dream, but you're panicked. You yes. can have real feelings. Yeah. So then we, I approach those psychologically. Like, what's mm -hmm. coming up? What's my fear? What's my issue? What do I have to work through? Mm -hmm. Etc. Some dreams are visitation dreams. Mm -hmm. Like it's not a part of you visiting you in the dream. It's a being. Mm -hmm. It's a dead father. It's a guide. It's mm -hmm. real. You're being instructed. 
it. And I don't know about you, but I know what those are because of the feeling of yeah. them. They're so like, there's no way I would be that being. Right. I'm not that being. Yeah. I'm not that big and cool. I'm not. <laughs> it's a visitation. Yes. I get sometimes it's almost like I was in class all night long and it's almost like a it's like the Charlie Brown teacher. It's like wah 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 all night long. I don't remember it consciously, cognitively what was going on, but I know I was instructed in that. So that's that's one of those visitation dreams or an instruction dream, an attunement kind of dream. Yeah, they're instructions. Mm -hmm. Some of them are visiting dreams, like mm -hmm. we get visited. But I mean, we've all had this experience. Like you're saying, you know, you were somewhere else, mm -hmm. and then I'll, and then you're back here, and you go, "Where was I? I think it was fun." <laughs> and <laughs> but sometimes I've experienced my soul being somewhere else, mm -hmm. experiencing and sending me back what's actually happening. Mm. And if I'm just receiving it, you know, it's a visiting dream. But if I'm able to interact, you know, or I'm being the soul or I'm in the dream and I'm able to change what's happening or stop this or stop that, then it's a lucid dream, which mm -hmm. is what we're sort of all looking for. Or astral travel. Where we're like active. Lucid yeah. and, and the astral. Uh, yes. When I have an astral dream or projection, I guess it's lucid as well, but it's just because my entire identity and will is, is there. So I, 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 I think to me, it almost feels like lucidity is secondary because it's it's just it just is living you know what i mean it's just me being and so of course there's lucidity in that i can control it or i'm engaging in it that's a good point yeah. do you know one other type of dream hmm. that i've i haven't had but i have for clients i'll give you an example i had a little girl come in with her mom she was 8 10 absolutely adorable perky adorable black circles and her and she and her mom were like she gets nightmares all the time and mm -hmm. nightmares can be psychological they can be real they can be there's a there's a power there that we need to gain an mm -hmm. ally you know this revealing to us something we need to own a, a way to be etc but i looked at her and i thought and i was it was so clear to me i was like you're not having your dreams you're having other people's mm -hmm. dreams. You're helping other people by having their nightmares and you're trying to conquer them. Oh. And she looked at me and she goes, that sounds like something I would do. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of like, is it ours? Is it Memorex? Mm -hmm. Are we even supposed to be in this? Do we take the wrong alley? Mm -hmm. Are we hijacked by another soul? I look at that sometimes because mm -hmm. when I was young, I would have these experiences where I'd be, say, somewhere, doesn't matter where. And all of a sudden I would feel like I was one of my sisters mm -hmm. and I'd have one of their memories open up inside of me. Wow. And they didn't have those memories. I was the reservoir of their memories. So we're so interconnected. Yeah. I think we can even have somebody else's dreams. Oh, I uh, yes. I get my husband's dreams sometimes. And I actually am remembering really clearly one of my, one of my best friends. He he was uh, he said, you know, he was he was having a dream. He's like, all night long, I was dreaming that um, I was ugly and nobody liked me and everybody was mean to me. He said, then I woke up and noticed that my 15 year old daughter had crawled into bed with me. For, <laughs> he's like, oh, <laughs> He's like, yeah, thank God I'm beautiful and everybody loves me. <laughs> it's her problem. <laughs> so he was having her dreams. Poor thing. Uh, but yeah, that happens. I have my husband dreams. My husband's dreams sometimes. I have my cat's dreams too. And like especially if they're sleeping inside my aura, that'll happen. And um, 
that and and then I do intentionally dream to pull through information for a client that's coming up. But it's not that's a little different. That's not necessarily having their dreams. It's having dreams dedicated to their well, you know, to what their healing is going to be. That's exactly. Kind of, yeah. mm-hmm. You're shamanic and you're yeah. experiencing with them so you can better help them. Right. Also. Yeah. Um, yes. I think yeah, the the shaman I've never worked in in any kind of shamanic you know, practitioner model in a in an actual technical sense, but yeah, it's. I, I think I, the the shaman model is something that is like how I operate. <laughs> yeah, I think some of our souls are just mystical or shamanic, right. and they just come in and they right. can access different intuitive gifts. They've had so many experiences. Maybe they don't need to go off to the jungle and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know shake and rattle and roll or <laughs> you know whatever. It's just in us. It's just who yeah. we are. I would love to do that though. Jungle shaking and rattling. I want to live that way. <laughs> do you have this? I, I live in this. Sometimes I feel so, so paradoxical in that it's like, I actually just want to go and disconnect and just be in the land. And that seems like the spiritual path for me. But then I have this tug, almost like you being pulled back from <laughs> your checking out your near death experience or your dying experience when you were a kid. And it's like, no, you need to do work here in the middle of Los Angeles <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Do you ever feel those those kinds of paradoxes of the different paths and choices that you feel could you could activate? I really do. Mm-hmm. I have this fantasy of going and living in the woods and just being a poet. Yeah. And I don't even care if anybody reads the poetry. Right. I know. <laughs> I want to write the poetry. I want to lug the firewood. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the peace. I want to hear the birds. I want to mm-hmm. go snowshoeing or hiking or have my dogs. And I still think I want Zoom. You know, or <laughs> right. I know. Is so there I Wi-Fi though? People? Is there Wi-Fi? That's all. <laughs> Yeah, I just, just want Wi-Fi. I'm good. If I have Wi-Fi, I'm good, right? Yeah. Wi-Fi and tea. I mean, there's certain, and chocolate probably too. So, um, <laughs> but I think that there's just this not meant to be kind of a feeling around some of that. I do know when I'm on vacation, I'm so much more intuitive for myself. Mm. Like everything talks to me. I can track with the birds and this and that, or I can sit in the park and just drink it in. And Every morning I take my dogs, I get really, really early. I'm really early riser, four, 4.30. I take the dogs, go in the car, go to this park. There's typically one other man who's also dog walking, but he's pretty quiet. So it's really, it's really peaceful. And even there, I can only access so much uh, connectivity. But when I'm unplugged totally from my life, it's sort of like the world opens up. I see colors that I normally don't see. So how do we feed ourselves when we can't get on a plane (laughs) either? We got to take staycations. We have to, you know, my team are always my my spirit team. They're always poking at me. You got to go on a hike and yeah, take half the day and go to a new one, you know, they're always talking to me about that. And do I do it as much as they're talking to me? No, but it's almost like you can kind of capture it sometimes, I think. I think we can. And I think it's like what you're saying, mm-hmm. like carve it out, yeah. stop the flow, stop the chatter, stop 
just who cares how many emails are racking up, yeah. right? It's mm -hmm. like, if we can do that, because as much as technology is terrific, it's also really overwhelming and overloading. Mm -hmm. And I think if I'm not careful, I can feel the voicemails coming in. Oh, oh, I, I do can. that. Yes. I have, a, I, I had an issue with sleeping with my phone right by the bedside, which a lot of us do, but I kind of, a couple of times I woke, I would wake up in the morning and I had dreamt about, not dreamt, but it was actually, I, I read the email and one was so evidential because I was waking up and as I was waking up, I was kind of having a dream, but I was in the, you know, the hypnopompic state and my and in the dream or in the little scenario, my husband was doing an impression of Aaron Paul from uh, who is the actor who played Jesse Pinkman in uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah, I know who he is. Why can't I think of the name of this? Breaking Bad. <laughs> I can't. In Breaking Bad. So he was doing. And right. so this was like this year. Breaking Bad's been over for a long time and I have not been watching the reruns. I'm like, that's so weird. What a funny dream. Went and told my husband. Then I opened my phone and someone had sent me an advertisement with a little gif of Aaron Paul for some reason. <laughs> I was like, all right, got to move the phone out. I don't need to be <laughs> reviewing my emails. Well, I'm still sleep time. <laughs> no, you don't. But isn't that how it happens? Things just sort of, they just fly around. So yeah. not only we're intuitively plugged in, but that's subtle energy. Mm -hmm. Emails are subtle energy, just kind of vibrates all over the place and mm -hmm. boom, it can land. Yeah. I don't want to know things yeah. when I'm sleeping. I I keep my phone there because I have kids. Oh, uh, yeah. So, right? but you could set your energy up. So I, it's my input. Yes, of course. I could be surrounded by everything. I still have absolute free will and, you know, the, but what I think it also reveals is, as you're saying, like the, there's so much input. So I, that was actually an advertisement. I didn't need that email at all, but that's still something that I kind of ran through my energy. And this is why the reconnecting or disconnecting and reconnecting is so important to this energetic hygiene. So, but you can, yeah, we aren't a victim to it, even though maybe sometimes it is easier to move it away so that I could remember how to reset my energy. And maybe sometimes if you have the kids, you need the phone there and you have to just do it yourself. <laughs> but I do keep the ringer off. Yeah. So I have that. I am able yeah. to only kind of tune in or wake up if it is one of them, mm -hmm. anything or anybody else that like writes in or this or that, I, it doesn't wake me up anymore. So it's exactly what you're saying. We're not victims. Right. It's the self-responsibility theme. Mm -hmm. We can set our energy to be how and what it needs to be, to be on alert if we need to get alerted, but that's about it. Right. <clears throat> and that's it's so, so empowering to, to, I mean, it's so fun, really, when we realize we are that powerful, we are that empowered and in spirit, and the, that the universal law of free will is absolutely free, and it is your divine birthright. And we can kind of work with both sides of it. Like I say, sometimes we have to do something physically to help ourselves spiritually and vice versa. But that's kind of like what your book is about. <laughs> It is. And, and half of my book is about physical. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when people do energy work, they just do the subtle. Mm -hmm. But I think it's really important to understand what happens in the body yes. too. Like Absolutely. what's triggering in the body? What's triggering in the subtle body? How do they go together? And, you know, this is the energy healing for trauma, stress, and chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. But even, of course, it's like, what foods do we eat? Mm -hmm. Hello. Right. <laughs> I mean, I meet some people who do what I call spiritual bypassing. Oh, for sure. They say, 
because they meditate, because they're this, because they're gurus or whatever, they can eat anything they want. Well, I think the body disagrees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Spiritual bypassing doesn't actually work. You know what I mean? We do the intention of the soul or of the spirit is to be physical. And those two, the mind, body, spirit complex, they are interdependent, interlinked, interwoven. You you can't deny one to and only emphasize the other because they are one. It is that holy trinity. <laughs> it is the holy trinity. Mm -hmm. And it's why we're here. Yes. And isn't it beautiful? Because even yeah. pain gives you messages. Yes. Pain is saying something's not quite right. Something's out of sync. Something's not feeling good, whether it's emotional or physical. So it brings your attention to it as just a message. Not that I like pain. Right. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but it does, it, you know, and, and I think having a better sense of our subtle energetics and our willpower and that we have assistance and helps, you know, kind of help given to us can make a difference. I had jaw surgery, for instance, maybe two years ago or something. And the surgeon was, and it's been great to fix some TMJ, this and that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. The surgeon was like, you're really going to want the Percocet. I'm like, I'm really not going to take the Percocet or the Vicodin or the this. And yeah. he goes, why people take it? And my mom was an oxycodone Percocet, blah, 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 a narcotic addict. Mm. And I'm like, you know what? I have the genetics for being a great addict. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I can so go be an addict. You put too much sugar in front of me. I do it too long. I'm back on it mm -hmm. or this or that or the other thing. I said, I'm not starting. I'm, you know, if you don't start something, you don't have to end it. Yeah. And he said, you know, here's your prescription. You're going to need it. So fill it. I filled it, never took it because I, and it's not like I'm stronger than anyone else. I was like, you know, I'm okay with the Motrin, but this I'm not going to do. Mm. I'm not going to do this to my body. Mm -hmm. So having a consciousness that the body counts was really useful to me mm. too. Wow. That's really powerful. I, I tend to shy. I, I've taken Vicodin before for really extreme pain so that I could sleep, but I, I don't get the same sensation that other people get. Because other people, like I, I, when I worked in the restaurant industry, they're like, oh, I take a couple of Vicodin so I can feel good while I'm working. And I'm like, for me, taking a half of one makes me feel so loopy and weird and not in a pleasant way. It's like an uncomfortable way. So I tend to avoid that stuff, too, in addition to the fact that my father was an alcoholic. And so, right, I may have a predisposition to <laughs> like things too right. much. <laughs> well, I always tell people, take what you need. Yes. You know, if somebody needs prescription meds, take prescription meds. I mean, we're just chemistry. It's yeah. chemistry. An herb is chemistry. Mm -hmm. Prescription med is chemistry. Uh, you know, but it, it is about honoring the body, you know, yeah. while we're honoring the soul, too. Yes. Amen. Wow. This has been so much fun and so enlightening. I just love your energy. I love <laughs> I like your lightness. I like your levity. I like laughing well, at ourselves. <laughs> I don't know. Don't you think we should laugh a lot more? Oh I my mean, gosh, yeah. <laughs> take things less seriously. Look at it from that perspective of, oh, what is what is happening in this movie today? <laughs> this life today? What is this life about? Right. I think that's helpful. Right. So how can well, people we're stumble around? So we might as well laugh about it <laughs> exactly. you know, as often as possible. Right. <laughs> How can, what can people, how can they connect with you? What are some things that you're doing uh, in your work right now? The book, we have the link of the book in the description. And what are some other things that people can connect with and work with well, you? On my uh, my site, cindydale.com, very easy to remember, except my name is spelled weird, C-Y-N-D-I. <laughs> so just look for the weird spelling of Cindy. I have, I do clients, I have classes, I've mm. got... 
all kinds of one-offs coming up. I do a program through a local college that's accredited. Mm -hmm. And because people don't have to fly into it now, we're Zooming it, they can get a certificate just sitting at home, which I think is luxurious because I can sit at home now. (laughs) I have an apprenticeship program that'll be posted within a week or two. It's a great eight-month study course. I love time with people. Mm. I love to get groups together. Mm-hmm. And even though we Zoomify, people get to know each other really well. Oh, we're very so, much. Oh, it's great. 2020 is posted. 2021 will be up really soon. So I'm always doing class or trying to provide something and give downloads. I just really like what I do. So I'm not one of those teachers who likes to keep it close to the chest. It's mm-hmm. sort of like if I learn something new, let's all do it. Let's all try it. <laughs> <laughs> so and this fun. I like it that way. I like sharing. So yeah. that's the nature of it. I, I'm the same way too. And I do. So I do something. I have a, like a subscription. People can drop in on it too. And we meet twice per month for basically a workshop. And it's that. It's like, this is just, I'm going to just, whatever is showing up for me. You know, St. Germain is here right now. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is. It's, and I love that because it's not mine anyway. It's not mine alone. It's all of ours. So that's really cool. I love I love your style and I love everything that you're doing. That's wonderful. And you do do one-on-one work as well? I do do one-on-one work. So that's on my site too. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, it, thank you so much for coming on and just being so much fun and shining your light. I would love to have you on more frequently if you're interested in it because I really do oh, love, love your love energy. To. You just pick a topic and we'll talk about it. Right. Or we'll pick 10 topics and <laughs> talk about them all in one hour. Yes. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Anytime. Have me come on, Trisha. This is lovely. Uh-huh. And and here, you know, we both just get to sit in our little studios, yes. which makes it really easy, doesn't it? Yes, it the does. The dogs even came and visited, but they were able to be quiet. So <laughs> nobody knew. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And I love your your studio, by the way. That's beautiful. I love all the colors and everything. Really lovely. Thank you. Thanks. Well, thanks so much for coming on. And everyone, be sure checking out to check out all of Cindy's links. And this has been really such a joy. Isn't she just so delightful? Like just so much light, whether you're watching or listening, I think it really comes through that really beautiful energy that she is running, that frequency that she's running. And so I really enjoyed meeting Cindy and having a conversation with her. And I, again, like I said, I felt so inspired in my healer energy. And that's what healers do is that healers hold the space of healing so that you can discover it for yourself. You know, healers don't really teach. They hold space so you can do your own healing. Teachers don't really teach. They hold the space of teaching and and learning so that you can also do the learning. And that's really the learning is just remembering what you already know deep in your soul. So that's the kind of experience I had with Cindy and I have with a lot of the people that I have on this show. So be sure to check the description for all of Cindy's links and, and see how you can connect with the work that she's doing. All of the people that I have on, they have all kinds of media out there. So there's there's um, ways that you can connect with them without spending any money or resources that everybody is providing, just like this podcast. And I couldn't do it without you. And honestly, I just do it because I want to connect and I want to feel that coursing of spirit through all of us and our hearts connecting. So thank you for being here. Thank you for subscribing, liking, sharing, commenting. If you want to leave a review on the podcast on uh, however you get your podcast, that would be super helpful. And with that, I will just say, as usual, I appreciate you. And I thank you for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. (music) 